and welcome to Boxed In, Yahoo Sports' debate show. I'm Hannah Kaiser, and today we'll be discussing the respective merits of two classic Kevin Costner baseball movies. I love baseball. I don't love movies. So I'm curious to see if either of you can convince me that these are worth my time. It is a quarantine, so I do have a lot of time. <laughs> I am joined today by Scott Pianowski, who will be arguing in favor of Bull Durham, and Andy Behrens, who is taking Field of Dreams. Now, got to be honest, up front. I prefer Bull Durham, but that means I'm going to judge you harder, Scott. And so to kick things off, I'm going to toss it to Andy first to have him make a case for Field of Dreams. For these opening arguments, just tell me why you love the movie. Yeah, I'll just say I have, I have nothing bad to say about Bull Durham. It's one of those movies you can catch at any point and, and dive right in. Great film. Nothing bad to say about it. Um, Field of Dreams is so ambitious, and there are so many ways that this movie could have gone wrong and just become nonsensical and totally off the rails um this thing has like half the characters are ghosts there's a disembodied voice that is a key character in the film the thing's got time travel they get into the mysticism right away like opening scene he's in the cornfield he hears the voice um there's like just this one tiny sort of thread the needle way in which this movie can work and they find it which is kind of a miracle of filmmaking i think um so that's really great about it. Um, again, incredibly ambitious themes here. It Like working at multiple levels, maybe unlike Bull Durham, right? You get the nature of self-sacrifice. We have mortality and immortality. We have like the ways in which we project meaning onto other people. Like there's a lot going on in this film. Um, it's about relationships between parents and children, between writers and readers, between sports heroes and fans. There's just a lot here. Um, it's a beautifully done film and it's a, it's kind of a weird quirky role for Kevin Costner too, really unlike a lot of his other stuff. So Andy is going for the difficulty points all around. He's, he's approaching <laughs> this like it's a gymnastics routine, <laughs> ambitious yes, movie. Degree of one difficulty that is we, Yeah, exactly. D- degree of difficulty. I hear you on that. Now, Scott, tell me why Bull Durham is just so much fun. Yeah, I, I, normally I would pick the movie that is deeper and more ambitious in theme, which is certainly Field of Dreams. But best, best baseball movie, we're looking for accessibility here. And you can pick up Bull Durham at any point in the film and choose to ride it out. Now, Field of Dreams is a movie you have to be invested A to Z to get the emotional payoff. And some people might say even the manipulative emotional payoff that Field of Dreams gives you. Where Bull Durham is about fun, it's about minor league baseball. I love that the name of the movie is a is a combination of Durham, Durham Bulls, which is the baseball team franchise, but it's also a nod to Bull Durham, who was a baseball player with the Cubs in the '80s. So I think there's something cool about that. There's a lot of baseball being played in Bull Durham. There's a lot of theoretical baseball being played in Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams <laughs> is also a pretty lousy title, if you ask me. So even though I think Field of Dreams does stick the landing in the end, and you know the whole the way that I don't want to take away from Andy's points. I mean, or, or make them stronger for him. I think it's a, it's a movie that does work, but you have to watch it. A to Z. You can't watch it that often. If you just want a shot of baseball adrenaline, a baseball fun, a baseball cracker Jack injected into your veins at any point, if Bull Durham is on, you can just say, Oh great. They're halfway through. It doesn't matter where the plot really is at that point. You can have fun for the next 90 minutes. What's interesting here is that is that you're you're arguing at such different points that I agree with both of you thus far. So we're going to have to drill down to some of the things that these movies have in common. 
So let's talk about specifically Kevin Costner's role. Do you like the acting? Do you like the character? And let's work into this also, the sort of ancillary characters, because there are great ancillary characters in both of them. And honestly, James Earl Jones might be the thing that Field of Dreams has going for it the strongest. So I'm going to kick it back to you, Andy, to start again. So um, specific to to Kevin Costner, like in in literally every other film he's ever made, certainly his other baseball films, his other sports films, he is a super traditional protagonist who has some special, either some special skill or heroic trait, right? Crash Davis, really good baseball player. He plays a number of athletes, Roy McAvoy. He's Wyatt Earp. He's Elliot Ness. He's the fish boy thing in water where I forget who he was in that, but he's like a fish gill person in, in that movie. There's always some special quality to Kevin Costner here. Um, he's, he's really good at the ordinary stuff, right? He's a wonderful husband. He's a, he's a great father. Um, he is a baseball player who becomes a farmer. Like he's just bad at everything he tries. And then he goes off on this quest and it's just a different Kevin Costner role. It's not a role that we get from him in any other film. Um, the supporting players in this thing are pretty incredible. It is, it is, uh, Burt Lancaster's last role on film. I think he did some TV after this, but it's his final role in film. He plays Moonlight Graham. It's a wonderful performance. Obviously James Earl Jones in that character, like a, like a JD Salinger style character, Terrence Mann is the, is the character in the film is wonderful. There's some great scenes between those two. The developing relationship between those two is fantastic. Um, it's Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe Jackson, Ray Liotta basically just playing Ray Liotta um I, like that one that one if there's one thing that, that maybe doesn't work for me but also is hilarious it's uh like Shoeless Joe I, correct me if I'm wrong I think was just from South Carolina died in South Carolina probably sounded like he was from South Carolina Ray Liotta is just playing Ray Liotta in this film but he's really good it works um he's it's a, a beautiful man it, he's beautiful in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's luminous yeah if I were arguing against you, I'd take I would quibble a little with the idea that he's a good husband. He's totally ready to walk out on his family and find out what's in the cornyard or the cornfield. But right, right, but he gets sign off from Annie. Like he's like Annie, should I do this? And she's like, you better do this. Well, maybe that also doesn't speak super well to his husbanding. All right, Scott, <laughs> tell us about Kevin Costner and the other characters. Uh, Susan Sarandon's style in this movie is incredible in Bull Durham. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin Costner is not utilized particularly well in Field of Dreams in the sense that a lot of other people could play him. One of the reasons why you put Kevin Costner in a sports movie is he's a really good athlete. He looks really good swinging the baseball. He looks uh, swinging uh, the bat. He looks really good behind the plate. He looks like a legitimate athlete that you would buy. He's a good swing. He has the mannerisms down. And I don't know that he plays any baseball other than a couple of games of catch in Field of Dreams. His wife in Field of Dreams is, is hard to take. I mean, she's just a... Okay, fine. Do whatever you want, honey. Milk toasty. Where you have Annie Savoy, who's well read, who's who's going to read Walt Whitman to you, who's going to light a bunch of candles and try to understand who you are and get to your soul. I, mean, I love the Thomas Mann character in Field of Dreams, but I mean, when you look at the fact that you get Costner playing an athlete and being the wisecracker and you know, being kind of snarky, which plays to uh, what Costner can play really well, and the way he imports advice, the way he doesn't really like the lot he's been placed in, but he eventually comes around to it. I think he's asked to do a lot of things that he's very good at doing. And the female main lead in the movie is so much stronger. They asked Susan Sarandon to do so much more than any female character is asked to do in Field of Dreams, where they're almost just window dressing and embarrassingly, sim embarrassingly simplistic. And also, uh, judge and jury, Hannah, 
know that Andy Barron's went to the University of Iowa. So Andy Barron's has a <laughs> oh, secret Iowa okay. prejudice right. to this whole thing. Okay, so I'm not I'm not sure if, if Andy's even qualified to make some of these arguments he's making. But just remember, he's probably wearing Iowa underwear right now, Iowa socks. He's got a, you know, I'm sure he's got a, a George Kittle poster in the background that we can't see right now. So uh, when you're making your decision, just remember this Iowa bias that needs to pull not- to the top. I, I will not make any effort to prove or disprove any of those charges. Although I do want to, like, if I could just throw something in there about yeah, Annie, but please um, rebuttal. Um, Ray's wife in Field of Dreams. There's this great scene, and it's uh, like it's a lesser scene in the movie, but um, you like one of the ways to view Field of Dreams is as this sort of '80s time capsule, right? Because there's stuff in there about like the farming crash. There's also this whole scene about censorship and book burning, um, and Annie Kinsella, Ray's wife, in the film leads this uh, delivers this wonderful monologue um at, at a big meeting of the entire iowa town where she's saving books from being censored who wants to burn books who wants to spit on the constitution of the united states of america anybody all right now who's for the bill of rights who thinks freedom is a pretty darn good thing come on come on let's see those hands this is the era of Tipper Gore and parental advisory stickers and crap like that. And like they use Annie in, uh, a, in a, I think, a really effective way. And they give her dimension and they go out of their way to give her dimension in the movie. And I, I feel like I feel like Scott is brushing past that. Well, I've, I've never been to Iowa and I was not alive for the 80s. So Andy is just talking <laughs> like I'm just having to take everything you say as gospel. I don't know any of this, but it sounds pretty good. All right. Let's get into We've touched on the fact that you can you can find these movies pretty easily, especially now during a time of quarantine and no baseball. They're both playing on MLB Network like constantly. I don't know how they're both playing this much. They, you feel like they should be overlapping. So let's let's talk about what are the more iconic scenes, iconic lines. Like, what's the cultural legacy of both of these movies? And Scott, I'm going to throw it to you first this time. I, mean, I, I could do an hour and a half on great quotes from Bull Durham. I mean, uh, at one point, Crash said... Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. By the way, I feel that way about baseball right now. I, I, I wish the three true outcomes didn't dominate the <laughs> baseball world. Annie at one point says, the world is made for people who aren't cursed with self-awareness. You think that there, this movie isn't a think piece, but then you know she's throwing all this philosophy at you and all this stuff that's going to feed your soul. I think there's so much more nuance to this Susan Sarandon performance than a lot of people realize... I love every time Crash makes fun of Nuke. One of the problems you have to get past in Bull Durham is that Tim Robbins doesn't look at all like a baseball pitcher. I mean, he's just no form, no athletic ability, at least in baseball. But at one point, Crash taunts him and says, look, show us that million-dollar arm of yours because I know it, you have a, a five-cent head, and that's just a timeless baseball quote. Uh, Crash is given all sorts. My favorite scene is when he's on the bus talking about how Nuke's going to handle being in the show, how he's going to handle the media, all the questions he's going to be asked by the Hanerkaisers of the world when he finds finally makes it. And then remember too, I I know this can be seen as a flaw, but Crash has a very long speech where he's explaining what he believes in. It's another great scene in the movie and and a a great extended quote. And we we can't repeat all of it because not all of it is PG-13. I think it's funny though. He he mentions that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. 
We know Costner must have done a 180 on that because he played in JFK <laughs> about four or five years later, which is Oliver Stone's you know conspiracy theory about what happened to JFK. But uh, there's a lot of thinking in this movie. This movie, for ostensibly a comedy and maybe even a romantic comedy, there's a lot more depth than some of these. I could have mentioned a bunch of things that are just knee-jerk funny, but there's a lot of soul in this movie. I think people lose that sometimes. And now Field of Dreams, now this is maybe the, the this is the, the category where Field of Dreams will do the best because... Everyone knows the iconic lines from Field of Dreams. Andy, take it away. Um, yeah, and I don't know, like, I don't know if Field of Dreams can go uh, as deep in terms of quotes, but, like, the money quotes from Field of Dreams um, have been, like, printed on T-shirts and sold across the state of Iowa for a long time. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Is, like, the definitive quote from this film. Bunch of great ones, though. Um, James Earl Jones is given such wonderful lines in this film. Um, at the at the end, when he's talking about how people are going to come and they're going to watch the games, and he says they're going to be memories so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces. Um, he's just given wonderful dialogue here. Um, so is Costner. There's a, a, like a really good forgotten line where he's addressing the baseball players and says, "You people are guests in my corn," um, which is delivered really well. Like it's full of really nice scenes, really nice quotes. Um, my favorite scene in the film is probably when Costner goes, and it's one of the only like purely comic scenes in the film when Costner goes to abduct James Earl Jones, uh, and they and they go back and forth. And James Earl Jones is attacking him briefly with a crowbar. Uh, at one point, James Earl Jones says, oh, you're from the 60s, and then tries to chase him away with some insect repellent. Like, it's it's just, it's really good. There's a bunch of wholesome, really fun scenes, and they all work. All right. Now, before we get to the closing arguments, I want to give you each a chance to, you respect the other film, but maybe bring it down a peg or two. So, Andy, tell me what's wrong with Bull Durham. Why shouldn't I pick Bull Durham? Yeah, I'm not going to... Like, I don't, it, Bull Durham is one of my favorite films, right? And it is, as I will concede, as Scott says, that it is a film that you can pick up at any point. Um, and that's maybe, that's not really a knock on it, but it, but it tells you that it's more in the vein of sort of classic comedies, right? Like, I can pick up Bull Durham at any moment and have a good time with it. And he's right. Like, you gotta, like, if you're gonna watch Field of Dreams, you've gotta, you've gotta get yourself in the right headspace. You've gotta watch it start to finish. It's just, purely a more ambitious movie with a lot more going on than is going on in Bull Durham, which again, really quotable film, really fun film. Scott, why shouldn't I pick Field of Dreams? Well, I, I talked about some of these things earlier. I think there's a little bit of emotional manipulation in the film. It's an awful title. And baseball's <laughs> really used. They see the movie in the prism of baseball, but this, I don't know that this film couldn't have been made about a different sport. You know, I think the movie's about relationships and it's about believing in something and having faith in something. I feel like Bull Durham has to be about baseball. It, they couldn't be a minor league group of, of basketball players or a minor league group of, of uh, football players or something. I think it has to be a baseball movie. I feel like the themes of Field of Dreams are broad enough that maybe some of it would apply to a different sport. All right. So now for our closing arguments, Scott, you actually just touched on this, but because I'm a baseball person and that's what we're talking about this and that's why I'm getting to judge this, I want to hear you guys tell me in your closing arguments what these movies say about baseball because they both they both have pretty strong like baseball ethoses. Along with having like jokes and scenes and these really memorable lines, they they take a pretty strong stance on baseball. So in your closing arguments, I want to hear why what they say about baseball is better. Andy? Sure. I or Scott, oh, you want to start it? Scott, you go first. Yeah, you know what? The hell <laughs> You're ready to go. <laughs> um, base, this is really easy for me. This is the simplest part of this to, to set up. 
baseball is fun. You you watch Bull Durham, you can't escape how much baseball is fun. You know, sometimes it you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains, sometimes you create your own <laughs> rain out, which is another great scene in the movie. And to me, the best baseball takeaway about this is the idea that the lesser players so often make the best teachers or mentors. Crash Davis is not going to be a major league player. You know, yeah, he's had a, a bunch of home runs in the minor leagues, but he's a footnote in history. But he's actually the perfect person to be teaching Nukalush how to make it in the majors. You know, and we see that so often in baseball. The best managers, the best hitting coaches, pitching coaches, they're not always the best players. Usually they're not, because it's somebody who knows how it is to fail. I mean, even a great baseball hitter hits 300, fails 70% of the time. A lot of times it's through thoughtful failure in baseball that you become a really good teacher, mentor, you know, somebody who oversees things later in your life. So I, I think there's all sorts of great baseball themes. I would start with, though, the idea that baseball is fun. Andy? Yeah, so I want to um, I want to do a couple things here. One of which is to is to rebut uh, what Scott was saying about the idea that uh, uh, Bull Durham couldn't you couldn't make Bull Durham about anything other than baseball. L- literally, the guy who made it, li- literally the writer of the film, Ron Shelton, made a very similar thematic movie about basketball. Right, white men can't jump is the same sort of toiling forever at a lower level of the sport, but really loving it and and doing a thing um, for its own sake. Like, y- you can make that movie about other sports. Um, you can loosely of, co- connect them. I, I don't know. I, that, Field of, that's a Field of Dreams is me. a really aggressively about baseball movie, right? From uh, uh, Terrence Mann says it in the movie, the one constant through all the years, Ray has been baseball. Like the whole theme of the film is that you can basically tell the story of like post-Civil War America through baseball. You can constantly tie it to baseball. You th- you think of like heroes of baseball past and you, you know the era and they are like the era is synonymous with them. Um, there are these themes of, of, you know, how baseball connects us from like father to son, from father to daughter. Um, it is, it is a uniquely baseball movie that could, couldn't possibly be about any other sport. Um, and, and and it's sort of entirely about baseball as like the foundational rock of the American experience. I want to make one other point here. Okay. I don't know anybody who did, who didn't like Bull Durham. Okay, it may be a single for them, it may be a double for them, but I don't know anybody who didn't like it on some level. Bull Durham gets on base. I feel like with Field of Dreams, people either love that movie or can't go run away from that movie and can't stand it. It's like a Rob Deere type of player. It's one of these like 25, 30 home run guys who hits 210, strikes out a lot. Some people love the movie; they cry. I look, I get choked up when he has the catch with his dad too. But I feel like the on base percentage of Bull Durham is so high because, you, you, again, most people are going to like it if they don't love it. They're going to at least like it. I, I think that has to be considered before we get our final decision. I'm, I'm just going to say that if you don't get a little weepy when Moonlight Graham steps off the diamond and turns into Burt Lancaster again, I, I think maybe you're a sociopath. Oh, uh, well, the, the Moonlight Graham. Scene. The catch with dad is a chill <laughs> the, scene, too. It should, be a, it should be a movie about Moonlight Graham. If it was a movie about Moonlight Graham, I might like it better. <laughs> You know what? If they I, called I, the movie, if they I, called the movie Moonlight Graham, does anybody else hate the Field of Dreams title? Because I can't stand not it. Not as much Why as you do. I don't think. Graham? It is. It is not the title of the like the original origin story uh, of the film, right? It's uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson comes to Iowa or something like that. That I'm sure they. I'm sure. Uh, oh, that's think, worse. Uh, right? Yeah, I I'm sure a group the decided that that was not saleable. W.P. Kinsella was actually a tournament Scrabble player, and when I was a tournament Scrabble player, our paths crossed a little bit. I did not actually play with him. I was, I was 
too good to play him in our, it turns out competitive <laughs> Scrabble careers but I was on an elevator with him and he's sitting there with his lanyard it's got his name on it I know who he is and I just looked at him and I said uh, thank you for Field of Dreams Oh, so all right, so that's a we're going to end on a, a confusing note because now, <laughs> now I'm left with both of you loving the other movies. This is a tough one. So this is a tough one. So, so as I established personally, I prefer Bull Durham. Now, Andy, you really got me with the degree of difficulty argument because I think that's a strong place to come from with Field of Dreams because it's true. It is a weird movie. I don't know super weird. who thought of it or why, and and that it works at all or that it ever got made is impressive. Now. Scott, I with the whole this could only be made about baseball and, and Field of Dreams could be made about any movie. You almost had me, Andy. You, you flipped me again with, with White Men Can't Jump, also a great movie. But here's where we're at at home. Scott, your on-base percentage argument, I, I'm a sucker. <laughs> I loved it because it was a great baseball analogy, but it also, I think, really is the deciding factor. And so even though this is going to make me sound like I just came in with my own opinion all along, I'm giving it to Scott and Bull Durham for the on-base factor, for the idea that it's always fun, it's always a good time, and in general, my way of consuming baseball is to lean away from the self-seriousness sometimes and into the fun, and I think that that particularly now, like that's what we're missing in, from baseball not being in our lives, is that consistent fun, that thing that everybody loves, and now... I applaud you with the degree of difficulty argument, Andy. But I think ultimately, because that worked so well with the, the on-base argument, I couldn't deny that that field of dreams. Sometimes you love it, but sometimes you really hate it. <laughs> oh, man, I've got a I've got a losing streak going in boxed in that I gotta I gotta break. <laughs> well, I, I think maybe part of the reason why I triumphantly won this is I recently <laughs> saw Moneyball, and if we learned anything from Moneyball, it's that OBP is life, right? So yeah. um, this one goes this one goes out to Scott Hatterberg and Billy Bean, and thank you, Hannah Kaiser. I all those nice things I said about your work before the podcast they they stand now. I, I will say this the this is the first time that I haven't lost to a like because of a corrupt judge. Um, it's recently it's been Wetzel, it's been Vinnie Goodwill, it's been obviously corrupt judges. Um, I, I want to say that I respect your work here, Hannah. Uh, Andy, I will keep that in mind. Next time we tape a box <laughs> in, you can catch new episodes on Yahoo Sports every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Rate and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, also subscribe. Congratulations again to Scott and Bull Durham. But we also have a ton of time right now to rewatch both of these movies. So maybe we'll. I don't know, come back and do it again with another couple of baseball movies later. It's no secret that our world has been interrupted. A World Interrupted is a daily podcast telling stories of coronavirus and its impact on the economy. We want to cover the issues in the macro, global economics, the stock market, and our political climate. We'll also cover the micro stories, maybe the ones you don't hear as much about in the news or the media. We hope you'll listen and be a part of the journey. So subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.